Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So, again, that mess at the, well, I guess at the, on South Causeway after you get off of the bridge is being cleared up as we speak. And they should have both lanes open in a couple of minutes if everything goes smoothly. And then you can begin to deal with the delays on the causeway heading to the north shore, heading to the south shore, pardon me, from the north shore. A little rain today, highs of 78, lower humidity tomorrow, highs of 79, record heat again on Sunday with highs of 86. Then it cools off, highs of 64 Monday, only 62 on Tuesday, lows in the 30s. And then 68 on Wednesday, and then we creep back up near 80 on Thursday. Benjamin Springgate joins us now, Chief of Community and Population Medicine. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, Tommy. Good morning. Thanks for taking the time with us. Uh, daylight saving time, for those that don't know, comes in at 2 a.m. Sa- Sunday mo- Saturday evening, Sunday morning, depending on how you look at it, technically 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Um, how much of a disruption does this cause to our bodies? Well, it disrupts hormones like cortisol and melatonin, and for some people, that means an increased risk of things like hospital admissions or heart attack or mood changes or other problems. So it can pose a risk to some people. What, what is the reason for that? Is it because our internal clocks don't agree with what's happening externally? Well, that's right. You know, our, our internal clocks are, are governed by things like melatonin and cortisol. The circadian rhythm um, helps our body know um, when we feel rested and when we're not. And for those people who have that uh, loss of an hour every spring, who might be at, otherwise at an increased risk of a heart attack or a stroke where s- stress can lead to worse health outcomes, some of them end up do having those worse health outcomes. And that's what we're concerned about. Um, is there any way to avoid it? Well, you know, um, Experts in sleep well, would recommend that you try to begin shifting your bedtimes 15 to 20 minutes earlier each night, a few nights before the switch. So starting tonight would be great. And then try to align your meal times, which serve as cues for the body, with the new time frame that will be anticipated after daylight savings begins. Um, is it worse one way or the other? Do people suffer more when you go into daylight saving time as opposed to coming out of it? Yeah, it seems to be worse in the spring when we lose that hour as opposed to when we get the extra hour back in the fall, which sort of makes sense. And we know that, you know, for example, that loss of sleep um, particularly affects teenagers um, who are trying to stay awake during school, trying to be alert to study um, during classes. And, and many times teenagers really struggle with this as well. You know, we've accepted it as the norm, but yet I think it started in World War One in this country, then World War Two, and they brought it back after the um, the oil crisis in the 70s, and then we just stayed with it, right? Yes, it, it does have a historical basis, usually because of reasons related to energy consumption and, and trying to preserve energy. Um, but it seems like it's possible that the health risks may outweigh those energy benefits at this time. I was going to ask you that. How do you put a cost on that? On Is there a number that's associated with um, either hospitalizations or what have you as it relates to the change in daylight saving time? 
I haven't seen studies that have tried to quantify that. But I think, you know, if we think about there are numbers that have been associated with the energy savings, which have proven to be pretty minuscule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we think about some of the risks of increased heart attack, increased motor vehicle accidents, hospital admissions, you know, there's there is definitely a trade off that needs to be considered. So some would say, you know what, it's only an hour people need to just get over it. What is going on inside of our bodies that makes it not that easy for some people? Well, you know, our at the time um, that we are getting close to going to sleep, our body will release melatonin. That really enables us to um, begin to wind down and, and have a deep and restful sleep. And if our uh, suddenly our time frame of going to bed and the sunshine rising um, at a different time on the clock um, in the day um, changes for us. Our our balance of melatonin, the timing of those rhythms gets thrown off. And it takes, you know, for some people um, several weeks to recover that normal uh, rhythm of our, of our body chemicals. You know, having visited uh, Ireland during the summertime, the sun will stay up there till like maybe, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, and then it's back up again early on. I just wonder, where where does longitude fit into any of this? Do people that live in different longitudes where there are extremes of daylight or nighttime suffer more than others? You know, that's an interesting question. And I, I would imagine that, you know, for, for many of those people who live in those areas where there's a lot of sunlight in the summertime, for example, um, have come up with coping mechanisms that allow them, you know, over time to gradually accommodate that so that, Perhaps they use really dark curtains to keep the sunlight out, you know, at night uh, and early in the morning when they're trying to sleep. Um, But that's a good point. But I think it's really the sudden shift in the terms of the daylight savings, which ultimately proves to make a difference um, in these, you know, near term, you know, within the next day or two after daylight savings, there might be an increase in hospitalizations, increase in heart attacks and increase in strokes. I'm still not getting the strokes and the heart attacks. Why all of the things being equal, just changing the clock an hour or shifting everything that happens an hour would cause all of that? Well, I think it's, you know, I, I, this is hypothesis only, and I don't think that there's that there's a lot of clarity on this, but um, I think that, you know, if someone is already at risk of a heart attack, maybe they have, you know, um, clogged arteries already, high, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, other types of factors that influence that, it doesn't necessarily take much other than a little extra stress and in this instance, the stress is coming from not getting enough sleep. Maybe they usually get six hours of sleep, and instead they're getting five hours of sleep to push it over the edge. And uh, as it turns out, you know, there are you know, small but measurable increases in the number of heart attacks and strokes uh, uh, that occur after the daylight saving switch. Let me take a break. we come back. We'll talk about ways to deal with it, ways to get over it. Um, it can also apply, I guess, to jet lag. Doctors, it's pretty much the same as jet lag or not. We can talk about it when we return. It's 719 coming up on 720. I'm Tommy Tucker. We're talking to Dr. Benjamin Springgate, Chief of Community and Population Medicine for LSU Health Sciences Center. And I'd like to hear from you at 504-260-1870. How do you feel about the daylight saving time? Does it bug you that much or is it like, okay, a little minor inconvenience, but I get used to it? Let me know, 504-260-1870. I would be of the minor inconvenience ilk. However, getting up at 3 a.m. during the summertime, it's kind of hard to go to bed at 7.30 when the sun is still up in the sky. 7.20 and a half, traffic now, WWL. 7.25, Tommy Tucker, WWL. A couple of minutes left with Dr. Benjamin Springgate, Chief of Community and Population Medicine for LSU Health Sciences Center. And... 
Um, we were talking before the break about this being akin to daylight, uh, to um, jet lag. Is it, Doctor? Kind of? Yes, the disruption of the circadian rhythms um, caused by, you know, changing in, in your exposure to light and change of when you're going to sleep and waking up is similar to jet lag. Uh, you know, the difference um, um, is that we can measure it at a, at a population level when it happens um, with daylight savings time. And there's not as much study of sort of the really bad adverse health impacts um, associated with jet lag. Although jet lag, it does cause things like, you know, irritability, of course, and insomnia. Some people get headaches and things like that. And for people that don't prepare ahead of time and then they find themselves on Monday or Tuesday dragging, what's some of the best ways to, to catch up or go back or whatever it is you're supposed to do? Well, you know, try to align your, your meal times, for example, with the new time zone. Try to see if you can ensure that you're going to get those seven hours uh, a, a minimum of sleep every night that are recommended by the Academy of Sleep Medicine. Um, and, you know, don't end up... Um, staying up later and cutting out or getting up earlier uh, as it may be and cutting out an hour of sleep. You know, that's not really um, going to be the most helpful approach. Yeah. As you mentioned cutting, I was sitting here during the commercial break thinking uh, after I cut grass yesterday, I can't do that during the week because it's too tiring. I guess part of it practically too, is that you can't do all of your weekend activities on a weekday just because you have the extra daylight when in fact you're working, right? Right. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's um, important to recognize that, you know, your, your, um, your body still needs rest, you know, and you need to find that you need to find ways to ensure that consistently throughout the week that you're, you're able to build in, um, you know, that minimum of seven hours of sleep, ideally, to ensure that you're, you're going to stay healthy and be able to function throughout the week. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate your time. Dr. Benjamin Springgate, Chief of Community and Population Medicine at the LSU Health Science Center. Now we're joined by Carlton Show, General Manager of the Causeway, to give us an update on that accident. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.